are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because He is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with His purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. What is an unfair advantage? We often hear about life being unfair, don't we? Our situations are unfair. So many times we hear people saying how life has been unfair. You hear the unfairness of God. I mean, we hear about unfair a lot. But today's guest, he speaks of an unfair advantage that God promised him. Now, there's something that I want to lean into and that I want to know more about. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee. Remember, Coffee stands for Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, always delighted to have you joining us as I have people join us who tell the true stories of what God can do in our lives. Today's guest is about to rock every excuse you've ever had about not trusting surviving and and thriving in God because of something or something or someone or anything that's in your past and even today that you might be struggling with. So get ready. This is one for the book, and I cannot be any happier to have this guest on today. John Robbie Eddy was, a federal, was in federal prison when he heard God's promise to him about an unfair advantage. Now listen, with 45 arrests and ravaged by addictions, it was hard to imagine a future with any advantages. But as God is, always true to his word, God did exactly what he said he would do. And today, for the next hour, it is my great honor to welcome to our program John, Robbie, Eddie. Good morning, sir. So good to have you this morning. <laughs> good morning. Thank you so thank you so much for having me. That's just uh it's amazing to be on this show. I can I can feel the Holy Spirit as we're already. Oh, he's already he's already working. I will tell you what I have such an incredible passion for the Lord because of what He's done in my life, and I just that your passion. I don't know. It definitely matched it. It may have passed a little bit. I don't know. But, uh, but I, that's what I want to talk about because what I love more than anything is telling our stories for God's glory. And, boy, do you have a story. But before we get into that, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I know as a business owner, a businessman, Monday mornings are probably the worst time um, for you to take off work. But I, it just proves that what you're doing is more important than uh, than, than your business right now. You know God will take care of that. So just tell us very briefly a little bit about, you know, where are you calling me from? I'm right outside of Atlanta. Where, where are you this morning? I'm, a, I'm in West Palm Beach, Florida. 
Oh, you poor child. West Palm Beach. <laughs> I love that area. <laughs> that such a, now, did, did you grow up there? Yeah, I was actually, I was born in Jacksonville, Florida, but I was raised right here in, uh, in, in Palm Beach County. Uh, that's one of my favorite places. We just spent 20 years in Baltimore and moved back south. Loved Baltimore, missed it, but just love that warm, warm weather. Well, Robbie, let's just get right into this book. I have in my hands right now this incredible book, The Unfair Advantage, Your Story of Conquering the Beast of Addiction. And to our listeners today, you jump on Amazon and order it now. It, it is just like the uh, one of the people who wrote on the book said, you, you can't put it down. And it really is just that kind of story. And what's so amazing about it is it, it's not just a story, it's a testimony. So, Robbie, let's just start right there. It sounds like you were raised in a good home. You said you, you had a Catholic background, which in my ministry we have so many born-again Catholic uh, people, even though I grew up more Baptist. But what we try to do is, like, is just you know, non-denominational, so it touches everyone's heart. But let's just start. How did your, let's dive into it, how did your drug addiction begin? Because you call it the beast of addiction. How did that start? Well, it's, it literally started for me. See, I was, um, I, the one thing I wanted to share, being born in, in Jacksonville and being raised in Palm Beach County, I always like to share that, you know, when you're ready to turn your life around, it doesn't matter where you're at. See, I stomped, broke the law, and and really got into some serious trouble right where I live now. But the truth is, yeah. when you're done, you know, one of my sayings I like to say is when the pain of remaining the same becomes greater than the pain of change, you will change. So it doesn't really, really matter where you go because I can't, I can't, I can't, I can go to, I can fly to another country, I can fly to another state, but I can never, I can never run from myself. So until, because yeah. this thing's an inside job, you know, and, and uh, I started, yeah. the reason I got into drugs or alcohol is I played sports and football and was raised by a, really really good mom and really really good dad and so it goes to show that your your upbringing isn't isn't always what can happen to it when when the, when the devil the enemy gets a hold of you you know with these strongholds yeah. which is uh you know addiction so i uh i played football and did really 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 well on it i didn't do very good in school because i was an sld student and i just kind of always felt less than then i seen that as i look back through my life i see the devil you know, the enemy working on me at a young age with my self-esteem and all that. But football, I loved. So when I didn't go play college football because I had a 75% scholarship to a Division two school, my parents couldn't afford the other 25%, I literally, uh, that's when I picked up. I never drank or did anything because I was so focused on working out and being disciplined and playing sports and being really good that my I was so focused on that. So when I didn't go play ball, I really didn't, I didn't really know what I was going to do. So I literally picked up alcohol for the first time at 18 years old but uh mm. you know it it, it it took me down very 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 fast like the enemy knew exactly what he was doing I, I uh I picked up alcohol at 18 and by 19 I was already court ordered to programs and treatment centers I mean it was like really really fast in the in a uh in a um you know in a year's time I got like 10 arrests you know I always like to say like mm. Once I put that mood or mind altering substance in there, I had this stronghold on me. I started to, it was like larceny was pumping in my veins. I started breaking the law. I just, I turned all the morals, everything about me that I was raised about, go straight out the window and a whole new set of bad ones come in. And it's just, it was, it was, it was, it was bad. It was bad and it happened quick. 
Yeah, it sounds like it. Now, uh, two things there. Um, and listeners, if you, in his book on page 44, he's, he, it's written what he just said there. When the pain of remaining the same becomes greater than the pain of changing, we will change. Huge thought. I mean, that, that we could talk about for the rest of the show, but we're not going to because there's so much more. But uh, I did find that. That's one of the things that I circled in your book. It's on page 44 of the book, The Unfair Advantage. But you did mention some there, something there I want to go back to just in case everyone doesn't understand what you meant when you said SLD. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, what that means is in school, I don't think they do it anymore, which is probably good because that's another way, you know, the enemy has come in through schools and all this. They, they put me in SLD, which means slow learning disability. And so automatically mm-hmm. I already felt like I was stupid or less than, you know, when it wasn't. Yeah. I, just learned, I just learned differently. And um, no one ever showed that, but immediately I always felt like kind of less than. So that, that's one of the reasons that in a, in, later on in my age I started striving off negative attention. The devil was using that, that I started striving off negative attention and, and, and be, becoming something and almost creating a character. The enemy had me be somebody that I wasn't even, you know, and, and a lot of that stemmed from that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing how so how the enemy can take one of the my first book is Burns the Blessings, and I take women back to the first, you know those first places of hurt, and then we have a men's division in it as well, um, where we take people all the way back to things that that first hurt them, those first thoughts of not being enough or not being as good as or all those things. It's amazing how so much of that goes all the way back to our childhood and how the enemy just, uh, you know, catapults uh, on things like that. So it's amazing how those uh, stay with you and how the enemy would can affect that. One of the things that you said that I think is also very important that I wanted to – I always talk about how um, – when I was in, in my deep depressions and things going through uh, things, I remember I, I would always think, gosh, if I could just get to the beach or if I could just get her, I get, get, I can forget about all this. It's really funny. And I tell people it's the, the only bad thing about running off to the beach is was I had to take myself with me. And my, I was the problem. It was the inside, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the inside job. Yeah, I had to take me with me. So, um, so it goes to show that it is an inside job. It is a personal job. So, okay, so you ended up with 45, what, 45 arrests, ravaged by addiction. What, what you talked about the first taking the drinks and how did that change you? What, because when we first start into sin, we know that it's wrong and we probably feel guilty, but it seems like the more we get into it, the more we begin to justify it and that begins to spiral down. What were you thinking when you first started taking those drinks that began to justify? And I'm talking to those people now who are listening that are, you know, dabbling in alcohol, dabbling in drugs. You know, what were you saying to yourself then or what was God saying? to you or what were you thinking that could have been some red flags oh i was getting i was getting convicted immediately you know and things were happening Mm -hmm. you know because the truth is now now looking back all this crazy parts that took place in my life and this goes for all the all the listeners of people and and being a remnant is like you know in in the bible it says before i formed you uh, before i knew you i formed you in the room and i appointed you a prophet of the nations you know you see god knew exactly 
who I was going to be. God doesn't love us for who we are. He loves us for who we're going to be. So deep down inside, he knew exactly of the man of God that I was going to become. So the enemy was after me in many different ways trying to stop that. But whatever, whatever the enemy makes for evil, God always turns to good. So yeah. that's the powerful thing of it. But see, he, was in, he entices people with drugs or alcohol because in the beginning, a lot of bad stuff doesn't happen right away. You actually kind of have fun or it's not that bad and you, and you get yeah. less than and, you know, those SLD thoughts of being less than these these thoughts of not being sociable and all this stuff, when I started to put this drink or drug into me, immediately I felt good. And see, that's how he tricks people, that in the beginning it feels good, but in the end it comes back and just tears you down. Yeah. Sin is a temporary high, isn't it? And it comes with so many consequences. Absolutely. So take us in. So the football didn't work out, so um, you started the drinking. Well, what? This money scam, What? what tell us about the spiral down. What began to happen? So basically, like I said, if you can imagine what I can do, from, from the, if you can imagine what I can do in one year, right, try uh, 10 yeah. years. I didn't turn my life around until I was 29 years old. So in, in 10 years, um, I just got, it just, the, the, um, the consequences happened very, very fast. The obsession became very, very fast, and it just came stronger and stronger and stronger. And, um, you know, I immediately went to places and did things that I never even dreamed or even thought that I would ever do, you know. I, I, I started breaking the law like crazy. I was in and out of jails, institutions. Eventually prison came. I, you know, I remember hearing people, I, I remember hearing people talking about using drugs, you know, using drugs intravenously, doing all this stuff. And I used to think in my head, like, man, I would never do that, you know, and I would say all this stuff. But you know what, I did all that and much, much more because, you know, these strongholds is the devil. It's progressive, you know, it's, it's, and it, 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 it's all progressive. It just gets worse and worse and worse, you know, and especially having um, the disease of alcoholism or addiction, which is, which is a stronghold from the devil is what it is. But it, um, mm-hmm. it, 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 it continues to progress and progress. And, you know, I just, in that time, I drug overdosed like seven, eight times, six, seven times. I mean, it was bad. I, I was brought back with Narcans. There was a time that I came out of my body when I was, being hit with defibrillators, like crazy things were going down in my life. And, and um, looking back now, I literally see the grace of God that was all over my life. And the truth is, at this time, I didn't even know if I even believed in God. But that's how powerful our God is, that he was there for me and loved me and knew exactly who I was going to be before I even came. That's why it says in Jeremiah that I knew you before I formed you in the womb. I appointed you a prophet of the nations, that he was there walking with me the whole time. It's like that prayer of footprints that they talk about. They only see one set of footprints in the sand, but see, God was carrying me because he knew exactly who I was going to be. And that alone shows how powerful it was when the enemy was trying to take me out in so many different ways, but he failed to do because a lot of people on this on this show right now that we're speaking are, are being called by God as we speak. And the enemy is doing yeah. everything he can to stop that. So, see, I had yeah. to be broken down, broken down, broken down. But what happened was is when I was finally in that jail cell and I hit a bottom and I was broken down, you see what happened in my life was anguish. And it's very important yeah. to get to the point of anguish because anguish is deep sorrow and deep pain of the conditions inside you or around you. And you see, anguish is what true passion is birthed from. So true passion oh, yeah. is birthed from anguish. Passion for Jesus, passion for God. And passion brings the anointing, the unfair advantage anointing. And the anointing breaks the yoke. Mm, 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 mm. That is 
powerful. And people who are listening there, I hope that you just take a minute and just receive everything that Robbie has just said because it is so true. The higher the calling on your life, the more progressive the enemy is going to be to bring you down. God can see what is ahead of you. And it's just like, you know, we all have this incredible calling upon our lives, but the, we allow the enemy to suppress it. And, Robbie, one of the things that one of the scriptures that God gave me almost 30 years ago in this ministry and what we're supposed to do is in Isaiah 42 uh, 10 and I, the three basic callings but the second calling of of what we're to do is to help captives from prison and you know we you were in a literal prison cell but we have people walking around us every day who are in prison in guilt and shame and regret and they're not living free because they don't know that they can they haven't gotten into the precepts of God and so as you are talking about and I want to go into that prison cell that you found yourself in I want to go in there with you but listeners I also want you to consider that as Robbie was in a physical prison, I want you to ask yourself, what spiritual prison am I in? And what am I sitting that is withholding me from running free and doing what God has called me to be? Because that is astronomical today. But here's the thing. Jesus came. He opened the door. The door is wide open. Right, Robbie? We just have to realize it so that we can run out. But now your your cell wasn't open. So tell us about so all of this. And there's so much in this book, listeners. That you, you that's why you must buy the book to read it. But there's so much in this book that I'd like to talk about. But I want to get to the place to where your life is completely out of control. You're on all these drugs. You are you've begun the stealing, the money scam business, all these things that you're doing, and finally it just comes hits rock bottom you find yourself in prison. I read the part where you're talking about, here's the thing, you're sentenced, but then you have, what, 90 days or three months, something to live before you have to turn yourself in. Tell us about yeah. those, that, knowing what was before you. Take us into that mindset, that, some of that that you write about in the book. When I, when I hit the bottom of my life and I had anguish and I cried out to God, he came. I knocked and he answered and he came immediately when, when I was in that jail cell. The obsession of drink or drug was lifted from me. It was supernatural. And this is when this anointing fall, fell down on top of me. Now, at this time, I didn't have Jesus. I didn't have the Messiah yet. But you see, he was mm. there with me. That's how powerful it is. And this book that I write for people is, is not just for people in prison physically, like you said, but this book, everyone who yes. reads his life has been changed and transformed because, see, this anointing literally is transferable. You look back at Moses. Moses was a guy who stuttered. He didn't want God to yes. be able to use him. See, God used him. God picked up the yes. snake that turned into the rod. He hit the, he hit the, he hit the, the rock. The flows of water came out of it. You see, Moses had an unfair advantage. You look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah built a wall in 52 days by himself. That was God. That was an unfair advantage. He used Nehemiah. Nehemiah was not was not a preacher. Nehemiah was a career man. Apostle Paul was a tent maker. You see, God uses yes. normal people. That's what he wants. He doesn't want people just at church on Sundays. He wants you to go to church every day. You see, the spirit of the Lord is upon us to preach the gospel everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. That's where we've got to move. You see, I hit, when I finally got to that spot in my life, 
and I cried out. God came to me, and I didn't have the Messiah yet. So I got out, and I started to turn my life around, and immediately I got indicted by the FBI as soon as I got out of state prison. So the FBI mm. indicted me. My, FBI, FBI indicted me 20 days after I got out of state prison, after I fell to my knees, and the, the Lord did it, and, and took the obsession, snatched the obsession or drink or drug right out of me, and, and that anguish come, my life changed. But you see, God had transformed me, and, 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 and I kept moving. The enemy kept trying. He kept trying to take me out by indicting me, you see? And he, but literally, he knew all God was doing. It was building my faith. It was like Job. It was like my Apostle Paul experience. So what happened to me, I relate to Apostle Paul a lot because Apostle Paul, literally, if you were a Christian, he killed Christians. So I didn't even mm-hmm. believe in Jesus either. There was a time if you talked about Jesus, I used to get mad, very mad, you mm-hmm. see, because I had these strongholds on me that would literally start to manifest if you talked about Jesus because the devil would get so mad. But see, God had me. Now, when I get indicted by the FBI and I'm facing 25 years in prison, the miracles start mm-hmm. taking place. See, I relate a lot to the Jews because Jews love God. They love God, mm. but they're missing the Messiah. They don't realize the Messiah is here. So me, I cried out to God, but I was missing the Messiah, but I still had the favor of God on my life, just like the Jews. So mm. I'm going through, and what happened was is the Messiah, Jesus, he was there with me the whole time. Even though that, how mm. can, how can, Jesus loves us so much that the whole entire time, just like the, the hundred sheep, he cares about the one, as he came and put me under his wing still. So yeah. when I get indicted and I'm facing all this time in prison, the first miracle that takes place, I'm faced the federal prosecutors go, let's give them 10 years. This is lenient. During this whole, they, I had a whole year that I had to do pre-sentence investigation. I had to do all it took a year. And that whole year, I kept getting closer and pressed in into God. See, a lot of people right now on this show have certain things going on in their life. And the difference between being a disciple, the root word of disciple is discipline. And, the, and, and, yeah. and you got you to gotta press in. You got to pray when you don't feel like praying. You got to pray when you when things are great. You press in. This is mm. this is how you get this unfair advantage. So, you press in because when God's bringing these things and you press in, God is crushing the grapes, making new wine out of your life to put you in a spot mm. where He wants you to be, so He can use you, not to break down. So I went through that whole entire uh, pre-sentence investigation. I go in front of a judge. I'm facing 25 years. The federal prosecutors go, Your Honor. 25 years, we'll give him 10 years. That's lenient to his extensive criminal history. The, the, the next favor of God all over my life, the unfair advantage anointing comes in again. The judge sentenced me to five. Now, a federal judge does not sentence anyone under. But when God is for you, who can be against you? That's exactly what yeah. happened. So I'm in there, and I get sentenced under that because God knew what he was doing. Then he put me in that federal prison. And when I went in that federal, federal prison, I told myself, I'm coming in this place mentally, physically, and spiritually in really good shape, but I'm going to leave much better. As I walked into this prison, God was with me on that time. When I dropped to my knees, the favor of God was still in my life. I started helping men. I started doing things, mentoring them, bringing people to God. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. one day, here goes the next unfair advantage anointing. Here goes the next favor. I call it fog, favor of God. As I'm in the federal uh. prison... As I'm in the federal prison, but by the way, there's no my, my caseworker loved Jesus. He had gee, I'm getting goosebumps all over my the Holy Ghost is here right now. As I'm getting goosebumps, he, he tells me he tells me he loves Jesus. Now you remember, I didn't know Jesus yet, but I was it was like right. Jesus showed himself a little bit more and more to me. And I'm in this place, and the and the, the 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 um caseworker, his face is white because we got a letter in front of me, and the letter was from the judge cutting my time from five years. To uh, three years. He's been there 30 years. He goes, it's a miracle by God. 
You see, the favor of God was there. That was my Apostle Paul experience. You see, when Apostle Paul was on the horse and he was killing these Christians and he had a hard time, God knocked him off that horse. So when I'm in prison right there, that was God knocking me off the, court, the horse. And I realized, mm. like, how can I literally get taken out of prison 20-something years early? Only an act of God can do that. That is an unfair advantage anointing. It's impossible. Only God can do that. You see? So literally when I got knocked off my horse, just like Apostle Paul, my faith built. I knew there is a God. You see, he was slowly building me up, building me up to the time that came that I uh, – to the, there's a time that came that when the real, true, unfair advantage in my life is when I, when I became when, – when, when Jesus became my Lord and Savior. And, um, you know, and that comes later on. But you see, God was takes me out of prison years early, but he, he, he planted me in prison. But I didn't cry about yeah. it. I didn't pour me, pour me another drink. I let God use me. You see, and God, God yeah. would prophesy on me, and I didn't even know what prophesying was. They would say, listen, God, I had a guy before I went into prison. It was God speaking to me. He goes, Robbie, you're not being sentenced to prison. You're being called. You're going to go in yeah. there, you're going to help some men, and you're going to come right out. Now, you can only imagine mm-hmm. I'm sentenced. So for me, the devil's like, you're sentenced. You really want to hear all that? That's impossible to go in and come out, but that's exactly what happened. It was God mm-hmm. speaking to me because I was sold out to God. My feet mm-hmm. were matching my mouth. That's the difference, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got to understand they can't just go to the cross for Jesus. You've got to go through the cross. You've got to be mm-hmm. crucified with Jesus. You gotta be hung with Jesus. You gotta be buried with Jesus, and you gotta then you gotta be resurrected with Jesus. You gotta do the whole thing, and that's what happened for me, you know. And mm-hmm. so I leave that. Ab- I leave this. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I, I leave that, that. That when I get out of federal prison with no driver's license, because my driver's license is taken for the rest of my life. They took it forever. Okay. Uh-huh. And I get out, and the devil goes, you know, you're going to be nobody. You got no driver's license. You're an AC guy. Who's going to hire you? Immediately, I get hired from somebody. They hire me a driver. You see, favor of God, unfair advantage. Mm. I get, I get, a, they, mm. they hire me a driver. There's things like that. Just God's walking with me. And then God, little did I know, the whole time I was in prison, the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. I would have yeah. these visions and dreams about starting an air conditioning company and helping people. Little did I know God was putting those stuff in my heart. God was giving me those thoughts and visions. So uh, as I go tell these people, hey, listen, I, I got to leave West Palm. I got to leave Jackson. I need to go to West Palm. That's where I'll do the best. And they go, well, you're, not, you're not going there. You can't go there until you're – the lady was like, you can't leave there until you're off probation. That would be five years. You see, mm-hmm. I, was, I, was supposed to, I was supposed to get out of prison May 1st, 2018. I got out of prison May 1st, 2014. Okay, wow. and I didn't get out. I didn't get out. I didn't get out and start running. I got out and started sprinting, chasing God, <laughs> chasing my life, and living righteous. And immediately mm. through those years, I end up starting an air conditioning company. You know, three months out of prison mm. with no driver's license. The devil told me that couldn't happen, <laughs> but I did. And I would I would train guys air conditioning, and I would mentor them, and and speak mm. to them, and bring them to God. And then, sure enough. That, that air conditioning company now has 24 trucks in the road. I'm a three-time convicted felon. I'm not even supposed to be employable. I employ 40 people. Only God can do mm. that. That's an unfair advantage. I got my driver's <laughs> license back after six years that it was taken away that, that I pressed in. Now, six years, I didn't have a driver's license. I didn't break the law. I, I, called, I called taxi cabs. I called Ubers, and I would go to places and help people, and I continued to sow and sow in people's lives mentally, physically, spiritually, financially. 
and God was there with me, and I kept pushing, pushing in, and pushing in. And you see that, like, Apostle Paul ended up writing, you know, 75% of the New Testament. You see God using him. He never yeah. even met Jesus. That's because he has that mm. faith like Abraham. See, that's what happened to me. God was put, doing these things in my life, and it was happening. Now, when things really started to change for me for complete different, I'm, um, I, got, I got three trucks on the road. My life is good. I have God. I pray. I help men. I go to meetings. I go to prisons, but I was missing Jesus Christ. And what a big mm. thing to miss him. But I was missing him, but he was right there with me the whole time. And mm. uh, At, my wife was – go ahead. Go ahead. No. Now, because at this my, point, are you married at this point? When, no, I'm not married when at this point of, yet. I'm not, okay. Okay. Now, I get – around this time, uh, I get married. I, I meet Monica, which God completely just, like, planned that whole entire thing. And I, I've been able to lead – like the Bible says, as a man, and, and lead by example, and her life has been changed. So she's a woman just like me who has, like, the same exact story, man, and she's on fire for God. But you see, at this time, we didn't have what we have now. But, see, God was planning and setting it up. And it's so powerful that our God is so – he loves us so much that he just throws little nuggets because, see, I couldn't eat the meat till I drank the milk, you know? Yeah. And God knew that. Yeah. So when I got to my wife and I got married, and obviously we, we got married under – before we should have, we, we should have, uh, <clears throat> before we were in, not in covenant, but we, we got married, we had kids, like, uh, all this is starting to happen. My life is great. Um, I, I, I get my driver's license back after, after six years. I lost it for the rest of my life. You see favor of God all over my life, unfair advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Then I study and I study and I study, and I, and I, and I passed a contractor's exam, okay? An, an SLD <laughs> kid, remember, SLD, I passed the <laughs> highest and I prayed about it. I passed the highest air conditioning mechanical contract or air conditioning uh, class A license that you can get, as in uh, for, for, for AC. I passed that test. And everyone goes, man, that's great that you passed that test. But let me explain something to you. With 45 arrests and you're a three-time convicted felon, you're never going to get that license. Well, I went and wow. the DPR, and I, I told them my testimony. The DPR is like all of Florida. That's how you they, – they, they regulate licenses. I told them my testimony, uh-huh. and some of them were crying, and they gave me that license. You see, favor of God, the unfair advantage. Those are All those things are happening. It's, it's unfair. And like I said, God doesn't love us for who we are. He loves us for who we're going to be. God knew exactly what call him because he appointed me a prophet of the nations. He, was, he knew who I was going to be in the womb before that. It wasn't that I was in the womb, and he said, what am I going to do with Robbie? He already knows, and that's all of us on this phone call right now. He knows exactly right. who we're going to be. So I, I literally, all these powerful things happen. I'm married. I got a beautiful life, but I'm missing Jesus Christ. And every morning I'm praying to God. So I hit my knees and I pray this. I love God, but I was missing Jesus. And one morning my mm. wife has a little book called Jesus Calling. I started reading it. And at first I looked at it and I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then I started reading it and it started hitting me. And then see the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. He convicts. He's our teacher. He edifies us. He convicts us. He teaches us. He builds us up. He was slowly working on me. And as I sat there and, and, and read that book, I said, you know what? I'm going to go to church with my wife. I'm just mm. going to be a supportive husband, right? Uh-huh. And I go. As I'm at the church, immediately the enemy starts to work on me. I see people walking around and change and they're passing baskets. And I'm like, man, this place ain't for me. I was like, I'm not coming <laughs> back. So when I walked outside that day after church, a voice said to me, I was walking into the on the um, in, in the parking lot, it said, don't miss the beauty of the forest because of some of the ugliness of its trees. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. So you see, mm-hmm. in church and anywhere, 10% of church is doing 90% of the work. There's a lot of good examples yeah. of bad examples everywhere we go. But the enemy was trying to yeah. use those things against me like he always does with religion. That's what he does. He uses what God made for good and tries to pervert it and change us. So literally, yeah. when I heard that voice, I said, I'm going back next week. So I went back next week, and, uh, and I went. And when I sat there, they were preaching a tithe message. And, and for me, this is very important to me, and I'm just going to explain because it's part of my testimony. You see – as this guy was sharing about tithing, I began to swarm in my seat. I'm literally moving. I'm saying, man, these guys are crazy. They're talking about 10% of their income. Like, they are, I'm, I am definitely out of here, all right? And, um, <laughs> but I started, to hear the, <laughs> I started to hear the conviction on this guy's voice, and he began to weep. And he said, if you're not tithing, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that you're not Christian. It means you are missing things in your life, favor of God that could be had. Like the Bible says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Your grapes won't fall till they're fully ripened. Like, I mean, it goes on, these things he's saying. And I started to see him cry, but then this man's crying, and it hit me. So mm. I grabbed, I grabbed the, uh, the little piece of paper that you put money in, and I call it tipping God. I tipped God. I didn't tithe, <laughs> but I took, some, I took a tip, and I tipped him. And on the back of that, <laughs> on the back of that piece of envelope, it said, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, and I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour so many blessings you can't contain them. Test me. I read that, and I did. And for me, you have to understand the reason I'm talking about tithing is tithing is not a money thing. It's a spiritual thing. Tithing That's changed right. my life. Tithing, tithing changed my whole family. You see, because yeah. when you trust God, when you give God your money, you're giving God your heart. So, see, I found yeah. out. There's no other way to worship God than by giving him my money. And when I really, truly, truly trust in the Lord, I will hand him my money because I know that he's got my back. And I start to do that. And what happens is, is when you watch from tithing, it tangibly changed my life. I went from three mm. trucks to 24 in four years, okay? Mm. And I went yeah. – my, my income went up eight or nine times. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. I'm just talking about – but my, my spirituality, the next day I started tithing, the very next day I – I started to go into a, a, a prayer room at my house. I call it the war room. I go in there and I pray yeah. every morning. I was in there for 45 minutes this morning. Sometimes I'm there longer. Sometimes I lay on my wow. face, but I'm in there every morning. I'm in there when things are yeah. good. I'm in there when things are bad. So I was in mm. there, and I started to pray over my family. My wife, nobody was, in, was sold out to Jesus yet. That same day that I started tithing, they raised their hand to see who wanted to be born again. I raised my hand, and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And the very next day, <laughs> so I started tithing, and I accepted Jesus the very same day. The very next day, I started to walk around my house, and I prayed at every door early in the morning. I got up early like Jesus did. I started reading the Bible, and it started to come alive to me. I started to feel the presence of God. I started going to each room and laying hands on on my kid's room, and I would pray for them, and I would pray for my wife. You see, now my wife is a true, strong woman of God, and you know what? I didn't have to make her that way. You know what I did? I started praying and interceding, and she became that way because then God started working on it. I didn't say, hey, listen, you need to change, you need to do this. I started, as a matter of fact, I tried those things that didn't work, but I started praying. I just started praying and praying and praying, and her whole life would just change right in front of me. I woke up this morning and came out of my prayer room. My wife was her face was in the Bible this morning. And that's what how God mm. is, you see? That's how God works. So I go to three trucks to 24, and I made my company, I made my air conditioning company a ministry. You know, I, I yeah. hire guys right yeah. out of prison. I hire guys out of prison. I put them under my week like Jesus did out of the first hundred. 
I put them through school. I speak license to them. If you, if you Google my company, Spectrum AC, we have 220 reviews, five stars. We don't have half a bad star. Now, only God can do that. That's called an unfair advantage. So literally, and we put all these things, we pray over contracts. My, uh, my estimator is a pastor. He's been a, he was a contractor for years. I have another man that works in here, Douglas Murray. He's a bishop. You see, that guy came to me one day and said, Robbie, the Lord, the Lord told me to dump all the wisdom that I have in my life into you. And he didn't ask me for a mm. dollar. You see, when you're done and when you're serious and you're really righteous, God will show up because it says that if you knock, he will answer. See, I knock and yeah. he continues to answer. And I put these things yeah. into my life. I don't just talk about it, but I live it. And I, and, and, yeah. and I, use, I use my company. See, and tithing, when I see tangible evidence of tithing, I watch what it did. Mm. Guess what it did for me? I go, wow, God is so wow. real. He, he took me mm. out of prison. Look what he's done. God did this. Mm. So if the Old Testament says from tithing I can do this, that means in the New Testament where it says I can heal the sick, cast out devils, and raise the dead because God, Jesus said I could do greater things than he did. Guess what? That's true too. So I started yeah. living that and going around people yeah. and praying. And, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, Jesus healed my mom and dad. I, the, same, the same thing that the devil took to try to make mm. bad, because God always turns it evil. He took their son, me, and used me to be the spiritual anchor of my family. He used me to wow. lay hands on my mother and heal her. Jesus healed her from 20 years anxiety. She couldn't even leave the house. Mm. Depression. God mm. took her from her. Jesus healed her. Her son laid hands on her. Jesus used me. My dad was going to lose his eye from, a, uh, from having uh, shingles. I laid hands on him. Jesus healed him. He, next week he goes to the doctor. He said, you're healed. You know, like mm. I ended up going on the Sid Roth show, and I didn't even know who Sid Roth was. I had no idea who mm. that is. But see, some, mm. when, 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 when everyone says, man, you got to write a book. Now I realize people used to tell me all the time to write a book because of all the things right. I've been through in my life. But you see, I didn't have Jesus yet. That's why the Holy Spirit didn't tell me to. So I would just listen and go, yeah, whatever. They go, man, you know, you've lived a crazy life. But then when I found Jesus and when I found, when I found this unfair, when I found all this in my life, that's when one day someone goes, man, you need to write a book. So I said, mm-hmm. you know what? God, if you want me to write a book, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a, an author. Lord, if you want me to write a book, then you help me. Two days later, I meet a, mm-hmm. a, a, a Christian ghostwriter. I talk text my whole <laughs> entire story, story to him on the phone. took a year. Boom, the book's there. Then people go, man, you need to make that thing a movie. That is powerful. I pray I said, God, you want to make that a movie and make it happen. Some time goes by, I meet this screenwriter, all right? She, she ends up writing my whole thing. It's in front of Netflix, my uh, book. Her, wow. dad is the, her dad is the producer of Sid Roth. You see, God is a God of order, okay? So yeah. her dad yeah. is the producer of Sid Roth. I never heard of Sid Roth in his life. Her dad uh, is the uh, producer of Sid Roth, and she goes, Robbie, can you fly up here and heal my dad? I'm like, me? I can't heal no one. I'm not a healer. God, right. Jesus is the healer. So I prayed in my prayer room. Her dad's a, produ- her, her dad's a producer at Sid Roth Show. I didn't even know who Sid Roth was. because I'm, You see, I'm a new Christian for years. But see, the Bible says the first will be last and the last will be first. So when I pray in the morning to God in that prayer room and I say, Father, can you please give me divine wisdom, divine knowledge, revelation, and discernment in all areas of my life. When I ask those things, the Bible says in James that it will come. So God gives right. me this revelation. It's changed because I'm hungry for it. So, yeah. and then, so I go up to the Sid Roth show, or I, I go up there. I didn't, I, didn't even know her, I didn't even know who her dad was. I didn't know who Sid Roth was. She goes, can you heal my dad? I said, I went in a prayer room. I prayed. I didn't hear anything. A month goes by. I'm in my prayer room, 
and and the Lord, the Holy Spirit goes, you need to fly up to that show, and you need to heal that guy. I'm going to take care of it. Don't worry. Sure enough, I uh, I get the plane tickets. I fly up there. I could care enough enough about anything else. We went there. We laid hands on it. He had pancreatic cancer. It's gone. So you see, Jesus did that. And then from that, they found out I was there and ended up putting me on the Sid Roth show, and uh, which is going to be uh, it's going to be launched here in uh, probably a couple weeks. I went in March, but it takes a long time. You know, so right. like God has moved in huge ways. Right. And if I can say anything to anybody on the phone right now, that's very, very important. As me speaking these things, I'm nobody. I'm I'm, I'm nobody special. You know, I'm a. I, I hit I hit this this bottom in my life. I hit this anguish, and I cried out to God, and God came. And everybody that's listening right now, I, I, I need them to listen real carefully. God is yearning for you. He is yearning mm-hmm. for your heart. He is weeping to have you in his life. He wants you so bad, all of us. We are his children, and he's just dying to use everybody. I, I, I sold myself out. That's how I got the unfair advantage, because I sold myself out mentally, physically, spiritually, financially. I didn't take, well, God, I'm going to handle this situation financially in my job. No, I give it all to God. My business, it's his company. It ain't me. This is Jesus' company. I just write the checks. You see, and I mm. sold my whole life to him. So, you know, the unfair advantage is the spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the freedom from the prisoners and the recovery of the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free. People in prison yeah. in their minds today, people are not. I just want to know right now. I just want to, I'm going to pray real quick. People, anybody that's on this phone right now, I just want to cry out right now that's listening. Father God, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for your presence, Father. We thank you for all that you do. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. And right now, Father God, who, anyone who's listening, I am crying out asking you, Lord, and declaring and decreeing that you hit them and fill them with the Holy Ghost and that you hit them and fill them with this unfair advantage anointing all over their life, Father God. I loose angels with a proper rank and authority to surround all these people. I pray that you surround them, that you minister them, that you change their, and that you completely change their life. I pray right now as we're on the phone for, for the coffee program. I pray that you, that you fill her up, Father. I pray, that you, I pray for her ministry. I pray that you bind out any devils. I, I pray that you bind out any that's not of God, that's not of Jesus from all these people. I pray that you hit these people's heart that they're listening right now. I pray that you just change them, infiltrate their heart, Lord. Show them what the unfair advantage, show them what Jesus is. I pray that they get it right away, Lord, that they can feel this and know that you're seeking for them, Lord, that you want them bad. Let them know that they're there, Father. And I pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. So to anyone, oh my goodness, I'm sitting here thinking, Robbie, I have such a passion, and I and, and for 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 what everything you're saying and everything you're doing. But I will tell you what, you've just left me like, you know, when passion hits passion, one of the passions has to just be quiet <laughs> and, and 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 be thankful. And I will tell you what, at this moment, I am just. Can I just tell you? I just, I want to just lift you up and your passion and what God is doing in and through and around you. And, and I want to tell the audience, this can be you. You know, Robbie has told you, he's, he's shared with you, he's been vulnerable, he's told you about his past, he's told you about his mess-ups, he's talked to you about his addictions, he's talked to you, he's vulnerable, he, he holds nothing back, he holds no secrets. There's nothing that he won't share with you, and he does that because that which was meant for evil really has been turned for his good and God's glory. And why? 
for the saving of many. And Robbie, isn't it true that the reason that you're doing all this, I know it's the reason that I'm doing all this. I give every penny, give every time, give everything just like you're doing. Isn't it true that we're doing that for the saving of many, that God could have called us on home when we accepted him, but we're here to recruit more people into heaven, right? And we're wanting them to see the Jesus that we know. And so that they can feel the same significance. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. That isn't that why you're doing what you're doing? Just so that others can see the passion of Christ and accept it? One hundred percent. That is the whole reason that I do it every day all day long. I, I lay hands on people, I pray for people, I move when the Holy Spirit tells me. And um, you know, I just if there's anybody listening right now that uh you know that is that doesn't have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I would just like to, to say a quick little prayer if you want to repeat after me. You know, Father God, Lord, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. And right now, Father Jesus, we believe that you died on the cross. We believe 100% that you died on the cross and that you were buried and that you raised three days later. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that. And we're we're asking, Lord, that you be our Lord and Savior of our whole entire life. Everything that we do, you are our Lord. We ask that you just wash away all our sins with the blood. Your blood, your precious blood, and we thank you for that, Father. We thank you, and we just love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Oh, my. Bobby, we felt, we heard the tears. Tell us why the tears. Um, It's just uh, the tears I have are just I feel the presence of God, and I'm so humbled that he changed my life because I was, I was, uh, I was in such a bad place, and he just pulled me. He pulled me out of mud, and he just pulled my feet. And there's so many people out there that that are missing this right now. If they just if they just gave themselves to the Lord, if they had any idea the joy, the things that would happen in their life, it's like I just it, it brings tears to my eyes of thankfulness of what Jesus Christ has done in my life, my family's life, my wife's life, my children. It's just spread everywhere. The people that work for me, and I just want everybody else to have that same thing because it's urgent man it's very urgent it's important there's a lot of people that don't have that and i'm just i'm praying that somebody heard that i'm praying that even one person heard that and repeated after me that angels are rejoicing right now in heaven Absolutely. And listeners, if you did, you know, our ministry is about giving out free Bibles and free things. And, you know, if you if you did accept Christ, please let us know. You can you can call in. You can go to Kim at, at KimCrable.org. You can go on the, any of these. Please let us know. Leave messages right here on the uh, Up To Me radio. We will make sure that you get a free Bible so that you can get into that word because you have to be in the word. Right, Robbie? You've got to get in a good church and you have to to be in the word. It's a, it's a, it's. I like to say it's a package deal, man. You can't just read the word. Yeah. You can't just go to church. You gotta. It's, it's a package deal. You want to do all these things and read that word and start to apply it in your life. It's important yeah. to apply it to your life to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Just not just read it, but apply it to your life. And when you yeah. apply these things to your life, you will one hundred percent walk in the unfair advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, guys, so we're down to about five minutes. Robbie, I, w- I just want to tell you what an honor it is just to know you. I mean, just to 
feel your presence to uh, just, just uh, I, I just love everything that you're doing. That's exactly what we're trying to do here. I just like the Samaritan woman, when you have a, a true encounter with Jesus, it burns in your bones to run out and tell other people because you love them. All of a sudden, you know, she didn't hold uh, grudges. She didn't, she wasn't mean to the ones that had been mean to her. She didn't even think that way anymore. Her mind had been transformed. All she wanted was those people to come to the knowledge of Christ so that they could feel that same thing and listeners that's our desire for you is that you understand that you that you allow God to to lift Jesus to lift this oppression you know the enemy's holding against you addictions he's He's making you feel like you're unworthy because the abuse you've suffered. I, I understand that. I get all that. I know that. But greater is he who is in you, Jesus, once you ask him into your heart than anything that can come against you. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is, this is the truth, that that which the enemy has been holding against you is the very thing that God can turn to be your voice of hope in this world. Right, Robbie? Those are the things that you connect with people. And all of a sudden they understand. And they understand that you don't have to be perfect to be, be loved by God, that you, you don't have to be perfect to have a purpose. We each have a purpose. We were born with a purpose. And so what a, if, if anything, you know, find that purpose and begin to live it. One question as we end, and, and readers, I just want you to please please order the book. Some of the things that, that Robbie said, I've, I had I'd underlined them in his book already, like on page uh, 120 where he talks about that um, mentor, his sponsor. And this, and this is so true um, when he was said to Robbie, but keep in mind that you're not being sentenced to prison, but called there by God. I want you to think about that, listeners, as you're going into work. You know, you're placed there by God's calling, right, Robbie? Wherever you are that you don't want to be, it doesn't have to be prison. If you can understand that you've been called there by God, yeah. then it gives you a new perspective, right, Robbie? And no matter where you are. You've got to have 100%. that perspective. He wants all of them. It doesn't matter. That's... Yes, that's right. And then on page 157, I underline this. Don't miss the beauty of the forest because of the ugliness of some trees. You know what, friends? Don't miss the beauty of what God has called you to because of the ugliness that maybe someone said to you, the ugliness that the enemy's trying to, to hold you down. See God for who he is. If you notice... I started writing down the words. If you notice, when Robbie was explaining Jesus, he said loves, convicts, favors. He never said condemns or is angry at. He said loves you enough to bring him unto himself. And that is that is the Jesus that we know. Well, I'm going to let Robbie conclude with this question. Robbie, every, so many people are on here, and they're thinking, oh, my gosh, I want, I, I'm, I'm in addiction now or I'm suffering in, in this deep shame, or I, I, I don't know about giving all of myself to God. I can't imagine. Robbie, did you ever think that you could have the life that you have now? And is this available? Is this unfair advantage available to anyone that's listening today? Um. Honestly, like I said, the enemy would have me said I would be nobody or no one that I was going to struggle, and I kept pressing in. And um, I never in a million years, a million years thought I would have the life I have today. I have to literally pinch myself on a day-to-day basis, and it is 100% there for anybody. It doesn't take – it doesn't mm-hmm. – there is no uh, – there's no misses. There's no – there's no perfect. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a, whether you're a mom at home, whether you're 
whether you're whether you're a person on drug, you can you can have any kind of addiction. It's not just drugs and alcohol. It could be porn. It could be gambling. It could be any anything in your life that's being held off. The unfair advantage anointing, 100%, Jesus Christ, is 100% there for you, and any of us can be living life. See, the, you know, God's word says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And that's what the unfair advantage anointing is, and it's there waiting for everyone. You just got to step in. It can't be a la carte grabbing God. You got to go in all in with him with your whole entire life. He is there literally waiting. Wow. And there you go, friends. It is there. You hear his passion. That is what Jesus did for his life when he felt that anguish. You know, if you're dealing with anguish, just confront it and, and, and deal with it and, and ask God to give you that, uh, that passion that can be birthed into anguish. You know, Robbie, I, if I look at this, and, and I would like to end by saying this, and you, you read it uh, or, or proclaimed it earlier, but, you know, the spirit of the Lord really is on you. Yes. And he really has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent you, John, Robert, Eddie, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and to help the recovery of the sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. It is an honor to spend this time with you. I look forward to doing more ministry with you in the future. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And for friends, I just want to, I know that you have been so touched. I can, as soon as I get off here, I'm just going to sit and weep in the presence of what God has done. What God has done in, in his life, what God has done in my life, what God has done in your life or is waiting to do in your life. Will you please just try him? Just open your heart to God. Forget about all the voices and just say, yes, God, I want you in my life. And then let us know. We will make sure that you get the materials. I'll send you my books, whatever it takes to help you become all that God has created you to be. Well, thank you so much for joining us right here for coffee. And I know that it's been a conversation that has encouraged and equipped you. Thank you, um, Robbie. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye, friend. Bye, everybody. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrable.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrable.org.